Well, good morning, everyone. It is so good to see you. Thanks for joining in on our stream this morning. We've got a fantastic service lined up for you. We just want to say, if this is your first time uh, joining us today, or you're going to watch this later on in our replays, we want to say especially a warm welcome to you. It's so, so thrilled that you've joined us, and we'd love to connect with you. So all you've got to do is go on our website, www.hullvineyard.co.uk, and you can just connect with us there. It's really straightforward. Find out a bit more about us, and we'd love to send something out to you, some information about our church family and what we do here at the Hull Vineyard Church. So we've got a great service. Uh, we've got some, some worship, real opportunity just to connect with God. Uh, we're going to hear from Josh who's going to share with us how we can serve and bless our community in this time, particularly as we're in lockdown and in the lead up to Christmas. We've got some exciting news, some exciting updates, initiatives that we'd love for you to partner with us in. But before that, we're going to interview Tom Finnimore. And uh, we're really excited about this. He's got some incredible wisdom to share with us today. So get your notepad out and your pen. And, uh, and glean from what he has to say to us today. So let's just pray. Father God, we just thank you for this time together. Lord, we're in a difficult season uh, with the lockdown. We just pray, Lord, though, we would find in this moment uh, real rest for our souls. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill us. I pray that you would inspire us. I pray that you would uh, change some of our thinking. I pray, Lord, that we would, um, yeah, be really impacted by your goodness and your grace and your mercy today. I pray that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're really, really honored today to have the Reverend Tom Finnimore with us, who we're interviewing, and uh, I'm really, really excited. I've known Tom for about 20 years. Uh, we're at university together. He's an amazing, amazing man. Um, he's like a mentor to me, close, close friend. And he's going to speak some incredible wisdom to us as a church family, particularly as we've just entered lockdown. So I just want to welcome, yes, the Reverend Tom Finnemore. Welcome, Tom. Thank you, John. That's a, what a lovely introduction there. That's very kind of you. And is it really 20 years since we've known each other? Yeah, about 20 years, yeah. No way. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Wow. But it's great, great to have you, Tom. Um, where's your dog collar? <laughs> oh, well, it's a good question, actually. I, di I, did, I did wonder whether I should wear my full robe sweet, because I do know you like that. We um, do, yeah. But I'm afraid I can't, I can't find the dog collar. It's been a long time since I, since I wore it. But yeah. I've got my glasses on, and I've done my hair especially for you. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you appreciate you're it. Looking you're looking fantastic, Tom. Thank you. So, Thank you. Tom, um, just tell us a little bit about who you are, about your family, uh, about where you're living, uh, where you're from. Just if there was a biography about Tom Finnemore, what is on the back cover? That's what we want to know. <laughs> there is no biography about me, praise God. Um, so I'm Tom. I'm married to Clarissa. We've got three kids. We've got Hannah, who is nine, Theo, who is five, soon to be six, Phoebe, who is two. And we're living in Sheffield. Uh, I live in a place called Crooks. So I'm at church called St. Thomas Crooks, or SDC as it's known now. Uh, I've, been in, I've lived in Sheffield three times, so straight after university, I was at University of John, 
uh, came back for a curacy. So in the Church of England, when you get ordained, you kind of serve an apprenticeship. So I did that for about four years here. Went to Cambridge for a little while, and then we came back to Sheffield in 2016. So I love the city. It's a beautiful city, and we are really right right by the university. Um, so we're quite close to the city centre, but we're really close to the Peak District. So it's a beautiful, beautiful place to live. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think if somebody was to write a, a biography on the back cover, what would it say? I think it would say um, uh, it was very unimpressive. <laughs> that's not true, Tom. Yeah, so I think I don't know. I don't know what it would say. I don't know. But that's that's me. Um, been in church leadership and Christian full time Christian for about eighteen years or so. So, and I love Paul Vineyard. I love Paul. It's a city that. I've got a lot of time for you. University there, and I have a huge amount of respect for you guys and for John and Joni. Um, I have learned a lot from John Clark, and um, particularly in this season, like doing leadership transition stuff. I, I so I Johnny's. Um, even this is not the question you've asked me. I'm going to say it anyway. But Johnny's one of the people I I, I just really respect him, and um, just got a lot of, a lot of admiration for you, particularly in your heart for mission. Heart for the poor, I think you've, you've got, um, I love you a lot, John, so. Oh, thanks, Tom. I really appreciate it. Yeah, that wasn't one of the questions, but I'm, no, it wasn't I'm, I'm, great. I'm, I'm feeling encouraged anyway. Don't yeah, worry, else. Glad you're encouraged. <laughs> Let's keep going. Um, so, Tom, uh, we went into lockdown early in the year. Um, and then, of course, just before this lockdown, you went into tier three, didn't you, yeah. Sheffield? Yeah. So um, just for you personally and for leading your family, um, just tell us about how you have found lockdown and maybe some, some helpful things for us in terms of navigating uh, this unique season that we're in. I think, I think if I'm brutally honest, when, when lockdown kicked off in March, I was actually quite excited. Do you know what I mean? I felt a quite like change. You know, I thought this is, this is, this is going to be a big change. It's going to be lots of excitement. And, and actually to, to illustrate that, I took a, I've got a lot of books behind me. I've, ne I've never read them. They're just there to. They just look good. And I, I got a massive box from home and I filled it with books. And I thought, you know, this lockdown will be like a sabbatical. Mm. I'm just going to read and study and pray. And I didn't do. I think I read one book in the whole time. <laughs> um, and I think that shows how wrong I was about what lockdown would be like. Um, I think for us as a family, we had to do homeschool. Um, which there were lots of tears, crying, and that was just the grown-ups. So, um, <laughs> you know, lockdown, lockdown was a bit of a challenge. I think that the sense of isolation, I felt, was, you know, you're just working from home. Um, I found that difficult. I love being around people. You, mm. you know, you get Zoom fatigue. I mean, we're on Zoom now, aren't we? But, so, but I think I felt a sense of Zoom fatigue. Um, and in it, mate, I think that we... We had to make a decision pretty quick that we were going to intentionally pursue the Lord. And um, I, I think I, I began to think that the, the, my own personal daily rhythms with the Lord needed to adapt if we were going to we were going to survive lockdown mm. on a personal level. And as, as a family, that became pretty clear. We need to think about, you know, spending all our time with each other in the house we need to make sure that each person had a bit of space just to just to get out. I took up running, so I start. I, I, 
I started really being quite intentional about running. I've, I've never, you know, I went, I've been to the gym about twice in my life, <laughs> zero exercise. Uh, you know, I always thought it was a good idea. I'd do it tomorrow, but lockdown, I think was a place where I needed, I think, to take up doing exercise. Cause I think I knew that my mental health could tank. Yeah. Um, and so as a family, we started to look at our rhythms, personally, our rhythms, but as a family, our rhythms. Yeah. And um, I, I took up exercise and that was, that's been that's been an absolute blessing for me going to personally, but also into to Leach. As well. Yeah. And, and, and Tom, you you pastor and lead a, a large church, one of the largest churches in, in the north of England. Uh, how many is on your on your team? Tom, how many is on your staff team? We have tw- we have 26 people wow. on our staff team, and then we have another 11. We have a nursery, um, as part, which is part of St. Thomas's, and there's 11 staff who work in our nurseries. Wow. And so you're leading uh, a staff team, uh, raising leaders, uh, pastoring a large church. Just tell us uh, some of the things that you've uh, communicated and shared to help pastor people through this season. What, what, what are you saying to your church to help them navigate uh, this pandemic that we're in? That's a, that's a great question. Look, I, I would firstly start with a caveat. I, I'm not sure we've got this totally right. Okay, that's the first thing. So we, I feel like we are, um, we're jumping straight in, which yeah. we're, we're, we're working it out as we go. Um, I think, John, what we what we decided to do is that I, I think we decided to choose hope over hype. Okay, that's the first thing. Wow. And so I think that in early days in lockdown, I think there was a real temptation for us. We're part of the charismatic movement, as you guys are. I think there was a temptation to become the what I would call the hype. Two ways. Firstly, that we denied the reality of the situation for a lot of people. So we've got it. We, we, we had all of our students, university students went home. Uh, we had people who were living alone. We had all, all range of people. We had people doing homeschool, all kinds of stuff. So we said to people, look, we, we need to reach, we need to love our neighbors well. So we need to reach out to people. We need to be loving people. And actually got the spirit did amazing stuff actually through that. But we also said, we're not going to drive people in this season. We're going to choose to say, we're going to embrace hope. And I think that hope always finds itself in the reality of situation. Mm. So we began to think, you know, in a, in a few weeks' time, it'll be Christmas. Um, and in our tradition, Advent's a really big deal. And so Advent starts the very end of November. And, that, and in Advent, we, we celebrate, we're preparing for Christmas, but we're also celebrating that Jesus will return for the church. And actually, if you look at if you look at the narrative of Christmas, and you start to look at it through the eyes of the season we're in now, actually Jesus steps into a really messy, broken world. It's messy politically. Let's just think about what's going on in the states right now. You think of Herod. Jesus steps into all that, and he shows us a different way. And so we began to talk about things like grief. We began to talk about things like transition, like the old way of life that we used to have has now gone. Mm. It's not going back. So we don't know. We're in another lockdown now. We were in tier three before. COVID was rampant in Sheffield. Mm. We don't know when that way of life is gonna is gonna go back to any kind of normality. So we began to talk about let's embrace this new normal. Let's lament what's gone. Mm. Let's choose hope. Let's be real about the situation, but let's not fall into hype, which denies denies the reality of the situation and so we we look for through um 
the book of Colossians. Uh, we look through, we're now working our way through Philippians. Um, we're looking, as we get into Advent, this idea of home, this idea that when Jesus returns, the eternal Sabbath rest of what, we're looking at those kind of things yeah. because we're trying to encourage people in the season that um, this is a season that we don't want to be in, but it's a season that we find ourselves in. So what is the Lord saying to us in this season? Yeah. And that's, that's, that, and how can we be a positive presence, a peaceful presence for each other as a community, as a church community, but also the people around us? So that's kind of what we're doing. Yeah, so powerful, Tom. And just on that, um, in terms of um, the needs of the community, it's something we've really, really focused on this year in terms of um, looking out to Hull and beyond and saying, look, how can we practically serve you uh, in this time, this difficult time for people? What are some of the things that you're doing as a church, family, and community to kind of serve and help the needs of, of your lo locality? I think that we, we, have, a, we have a food bank um, which is, has been, like a lot of churches, that's been, that's been rolling the whole way through lockdown, and that's grown exponentially. So the, the, I mean, I mean, the need is absolutely shocking in terms of people who are refugees, but just the level of poverty, people have lost jobs. So that's something that, that we have we have done. We have um, just raised money to, to, to get some people around debt advice because we're kind of thinking that as we head into post-COVID, well, whatever 2021 looks like, job, job losses are a big deal. So how can we help people work through debts? Um, we, in our church culture, we, we really value um, like what we call missional communities. So um, some people started doing church on their streets. Um, wow. <laughs> um, some people started um, just really mo connecting with the, the people who live in their locality to start to, to bless people uh, in their locality. So we've actually had people come to faith through that. Wow. People join the church through that in that time. Uh, and so there's a sense of centrally we've organized stuff. We, at the start of lockdown, I'll be brutally honest, we didn't do a lot. Uh, we kind of, we were nowhere doing what you guys are doing. But since this, this, this lockdown, we're ahead of the curve. So we've just done a, something called Streets of Light. We, we had 400 homes across Sheffield decorate their windows as an alternative to Halloween, saying something about hope. That was taken by... Uh, 15 churches in Sheffield, it's, it's gone kind of... Well, it's now gone viral to Hull. I don't know if you know that, Tom, but... You are, uh, buddy. A local church is running uh, with that in Hull, actually, and uh, that's kind of spread. So it's, it's reached Hull. It's gone viral. Well, the, the, when, do you know, I jokingly said to the church, if it reaches Hull, we've, that's it, it is revival. So, <laughs> so, so we've decided we're going to send a hamper to every school in our locality. Wow, where I love we that. We had guys out on the streets yesterday. We we went really interesting. We we um, went to this little independent shop and and we got my colleague got two hundred quid out of the kitty and he said just go and bless the local community. Maybe. So um, we went into this woman, this lady's shop. She's about to close down for a month. They bought eighty quid's worth of chocolate. I mean, it's very expensive chocolate, I have to say. <laughs> um, so, um, and just you know, I mean, it's all the stuff that you guys do. Yeah. It's nothing, you know, but. We just wanted to say to the local community that we know this is a tough season yeah. and we're here for you and we just want to stand with you. And it's almost like that thing in Jeremiah of seeking the peace and prosperity. Yeah. And that's, that's what we've tried to do. So in terms of get people in their homes to do that with their neighbours and as a church, we're trying to communicate something positive that we're here for people. We want to be in the community. We're for the city. So, 
Yeah, because it's, mean, it's interesting because people, I think, think that because uh, the church can't gather, say, on a Sunday, yeah. um, which is now definitely for the next four weeks, <laughs> yes, yes, that yes. the church stops. Do you want yeah. to just speak into that a little bit, Tom, in terms of your perspective? Well, I mean, John, I think, you know, my, there, is a, there is a bit of a debate now, isn't there, about that's certainly going on from what I've seen on Twitter um, and social media about should churches, should be churches given an exemption to remain open? And I think my reflection would be, um, because COVID rates are so high in South Yorkshire and in Sheffield, I would want to say, look, I'd want to say to the city, look, we are for this city, so we are, we're going to sacrifice our right to worship because we don't want to do anything that could that could further spread COVID. Um, some of our students we love dearly, but they're not brilliant at social distancing. Um, so I think I would want to say as a church, look, we, we're so for the city of Sheffield, we're just going to say we're going to pause for a season. Mm. Um, and no, not everybody would take that view. They would take, actually, these are rights. I, I would say the worship of God is not confined to a built space, a building. Um, I think that... For me, our value is in smaller communities. And so mm. over the next months, what we're doing is we're just going to grow smaller. So all of our small groups will be a maximum of six. Um, so you can get, people can meet on Zoom. We, um, we're going to multiply a lot of those groups. Secondly, we're going to focus on what we call six, three, and one. So six is where we meet in a kind of fellowship or kunonia, that sense we're meeting together. Secondly, we, we can look in a groups of three about accountability. How are we going to kind of support and pastor each other? How are we going to be kind of priests to each other in this season? And the other thing is we're thinking, what are the rhythms that we need in order to s- sustain ourselves in this season? So I think that as a, as a, as a church, quotes and quotes, we've become too addicted to Sunday. And as a, as a pastor, as a preacher, I love Sundays, yeah. you know. But I think we need to shift it. You know, the, the church grew for the first 312 years or whatever it was rapidly in small groups of people yeah. under lockdown in different ways, state sure. in, statewide lockdown. And I think we need to get back to that in some, I would yeah. say. Yeah, that's, that's amazing, Tom. And now, Tom, um, I've got your number on speed dial if I need a word from God. <laughs> I've always, I've always, you're, you're very, very prophetic. And ever since uh, our university days when we used to spend, I don't know if you remember, many evenings just uh, praying for each other and seeking, seeking God. They were, they were special moments and they were foundational uh, at the beginning of uh, really my, my walk of leadership. Um, so what do you sense prophetically God may be saying to the church um, at this time? Kind of what's your, what's your hunch that God may be doing? And um, um, I mean, how, how honest do you want me to be, mate? <laughs> about, about 10 seconds now. <laughs> yes. Hey, look, I, I, think, I think it's, it's, it's got, what I would use the language, it's kairos time. You know, there's two, there's two words in the Greek for time, isn't there? There's chronos, where you get chronology, and then there's kairos time. It's kind of, there's, there's this moment, I think, that the, that the Spirit of God is opening up. And I think that, I think that consumption so defines our time, doesn't it? Like I know if I'm watching Netflix and it and it pauses or it, that circle comes on, I'm getting frustrated. Or if I buy something on Amazon, I, I, I do use Amazon. Sorry, guys. Um, and if it doesn't arrive the next day, I get frustrated. I think we've we've been discipled by culture for immediacy, and we've been discipled in consumption. Yeah. And I think that that flows over really easily into into discipleship, and and I think that. 
The challenge will be that we, we are not going to be able to meet as we maybe once for about two years. I mean, that's the depressing factor for church leaders like you and I. But it's the reality for people in our, who are part of church to say, guys, rather than going to church, we now to embrace, we've got to become the church. Mm. And it means that I've, they're in a season like Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves. Well, the reality is even a church like ours, and we've talked about discipleship for years, there isn't that self-devotion. And so I think if you ask me the question, I had a conversation with a guy last night as a pastor in the city, and we were walking my dog, and he runs a really large conservative evangelical church. And he said to me, do you know, he said, I think we're just going to lose people in this season. It's a bit depressing, to be honest. I'm not going to lie to you. But yeah. I think it is a bit like power of the sower stuff. It is each person who is a disciple needs to ask that question, what am I, how am I going to respond to what the Spirit is saying in this season? Mm. It can't just be down to John Clark or Tom Fillimore to entertain me on a Sunday. Or it's like, what are my rhythms in this season? Where, where am I digging the well? Where am I pressing into the Spirit? Or where am I, where am I pouring into Scripture? Where am I praying? Where am I praying as a family? Where am I seeking the peace and prosperity of the city? And mm. I think. I think that revive, my hope is that revival will come through it because I think God God will use this. There's no doubt about it, but I think it isn't in the way that we're going to expect. And I think there is a former leader here, a guy called Mike Breen, used to talk about there was going to be a, a spiritual earthquake. And I think that's it right now. And I think some of the things that we've held up, the Sunday stuff, and I'm not knocking Sunday, I love it, but I think it's not going to sustain us in this season. So we have to find alternative rhythms and we have to pivot and be flexible. But I think the responsibility falls on every disciple to ask the question. Yeah. You know, I, I was just thinking to you guys, you know, Paul says in, in Ephesians chapter three that, that you might be rooted in a step, you know, and I pray for you, Paul says, that you might be rooted and established in love. Well, you know, we've had storms here at the weekend and I was looking at these massive trees just standing firm in the storm. Yeah. They're rooted. The question is, are we rooted? Yeah, that's and I a great question. That, that, that's the thing that I think, if you can ask me prophetically, um, that's why I'm not buying into the whole let's argue about Sunday business, because I think actually we need to equip people to be rooted and established in love. Yeah, that's amazing. I don't know whether that makes sense. Yeah, 100%, Tom. I think we're on a similar journey that I think it's brought about a very personal question. We did a series based on Joshua. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's the season that God is kind of, it's an invitation to us. When all is stripped away, yeah. everything that we've known through these restrictions, where is your hope? Where is your anchor? Where is your faith? Yeah. Where is your relationship with Jesus? Are you borrowing from other people and other sources? Or is this deep on the inside of you that you're so rooted and so anchored that you can survive this storm? And not just survive it, but actually thrive in this storm that we're in. Totally. And, and I, you know, and I think that in terms of the storm, I think that, you know, when, when I when I say, I probably want a caveat and say, when I say, look, I don't, I wouldn't be, I'm not petitioning the government to stay open. And I don't think that means that we accept, we say that COVID is, or I just accept it. Because I think, you know, Martin Luther, when, when plagues came, he would say that they're from the devil. Now, some people get really a bit upset if you start to speak like that. But actually, it does mean that in some senses, when plagues came throughout church history, the Christian, as people left, Christians moved in. 
And I think it is it is a season for us, as you say, to be rooted, but also to look for those opportunities to demonstrate yeah. right? to to love our cities well, to to love people around us really well. Yeah, that's amazing, Tom. I'd love it if you could pray for us as a church community here in Hull and just close with that. That'd be amazing. Thank you. Let's just, uh, I'd love to pray for you now. Thank you. I'm just going to read um, the, the prayer that um, that Paul prays over the Ephesian church. And, and this is what he says. And then, I'll, then I'll pray into that as well. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power through his spirits in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's people, holy people to grasp how wide and how high is the deep of the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all goodness. And uh, I just want to pray this as well. Now to him who is able to do measurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and through Christ Jesus throughout all our generations, forever and ever, amen. And Father, I just want to pray right now for Hull Vineyard. I thank you for the city of Hull. And I pray, Father, that this church will thrive in this season, that it will be rooted and established in love. I pray, Father, for people who are right now who are going to face lockdown alone, somebody from Hall Vineyard will reach out to them. Father, for the single mom, for that elderly person, for the person who's lost their job, whatever, Lord Jesus, they will encounter somebody from this house, from this place, and there will be such love which comes straight from your hearts. And Father, I pray that this church will not decline in lockdown, but it will grow, both grow in um, number Father, it will grow in depth and it will grow in power. That Jesus, as they travel through this season of the, as a desert, that they will not only just be filled with the Spirit, but they will operate in the power of the Spirit. That, Father, that this, that this church will see strongholds fall. That, Father, it will see its, the city of which you have carried them to prosper and change in Jesus' mighty name. Holy Spirit, will you come right now? Rest upon every person who calls themselves a member of this church. Right now, Spirit of God, will you come? Push back the enemy, push back lies, break lies in Jesus' name. Where there's sinful patterns, break them right now, we pray. That people turn back to you, Lord God. Come and do, Lord, what only you can do. Amen. Amen. Tom, thank you so, so much for investing um, in our church community today with such um, credible wisdom, timely, timely thoughts as we have just entered into this lockdown period. So thank you so much. And we're now going to uh, hear from Josh, who's going to talk to us about how we can practically help people in this lockdown month. Wow, how good was that? So good to hear from Tom and just so many of the things that he shared speaks directly and prophetically to where we are right now as a church. And as we step into this new season of lockdown, many people may be feeling concerned, anxious, worried about the future. But I want to give some encouragement this morning. I wonder if 
as we step into lockdown, as we become once again more scattered or, or more dispersed. I wonder if this is a setup for something remarkable that God wants to do in and through our church community. I wonder if God is positioning us in this dispersion in order to reach and rescue more people than ever before. Alan Scott, the pastor, writes that the next great move of God is not a movement in the church, but a movement of the church. I kind of think this dispersion is part of God's master plan to invite our city home. Are we awake to that, guys? Are we open to what God may want to do? And so this morning, I want to share just five practical ways we can engage and love our city, particularly in this new season of lockdown that we find ourselves in. And I kind of wanted to create something memorable to help you hook in and remember it. And, and so my five points really fit into this simple framework. I, I just came up, with the other, came up with it the other day. Is this hands, face, and space. I know what you're thinking, genius just came to me. Uh, But I hope you will remember that. These five things fit into that framework. And the first thing I want to throw out there is hands. I want to talk about hands. Church, what is in your hands right now? What do you have that you can give away for the sake of the city in this new season of lockdown? Because here's the thing about generosity. Generosity unlocks hearts and homes. In the book of Titus in the New Testament, chapter 3, Paul writes, he says, Remind the people to be subject to the rulers and authorities, i.e. keep the lockdown, to be obedient and to be ready to do whatever is good. Later on, he says, Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not live unproductive lives. Hey, here's our strategy in this season. Really simple. We're going to do good. We're going to devote ourselves to doing good. We're going to continue to do good. We're going to be ready to do good. We're going to be available to do good. And here are a couple of things uh, of doing good that we can do and participate in in this season of lockdown. The first thing I want to invite you to is my, part, my five points. First thing, be involved with the big Christmas giveaway. The big Christmas giveaway. Guys, we're so excited about this. We believe this is going to reach more people than ever before and bless our city unlike anything we've ever done. Our vision is to provide at least 200 luxury hampers to 200 homes across the city that are struggling. We've just partnered with a third school, a brand new school to help distribute these hampers. And we cannot wait to see the reach as we just give away what we've got. And I want to invite you to be a part of it. Maybe you can provide one hamper. Maybe you could just do a few items towards a hamper. Maybe you could go bigger and do three, four, five, ten hampers. Um, All the information about the big Christmas giveaway is on our website, wholevineyard.co.uk. You can pledge a hamper on there or join the team. Or let us know about someone in your world that you think could really do with a gift this Christmas. We're so excited about this and I want to encourage you to get involved. The second way that you can use your hands to to make a difference in this time is to continue to engage with all of our compassion ministries. Our food bank is just doing incredible things, serving people. Just this last Thursday alone, we gave food hampers to 55 homes across the city. So many more people reached. Grow Babe is serving 
so many families that are struggling. And I was talking to Rach uh, earlier in the week about how we're particularly reaching families with twins. Isn't that incredible? I love it. Um, CMA is doing phenomenal things, working with those that are coming out of debt. Guys, continue to engage, continue to pray, continue to give food and baby products and items and essentials, everything that is going to go out to our city. It is incredible. So that is hands, generosity, face. I want to talk about relationships. More than ever before in this season, real connection and real relationships are desperately needed. We're in a pandemic, not just of of our physical health, but also of our mental health, emotional health. Uh, There is a pandemic right now of isolation and loneliness. And as we are more isolated than ever before, there are limitations on how we can reach and connect with one another. This is going to be a tough time for many. And actually, the church is well-placed to serve in this time. So the third thing I want to encourage you to do is be intentionally present to your world. To the people that God has placed you in and around, be intentional in building relationships, in taking risks, in having conversations within the guidelines. And this really does look very different in the season we find ourselves in, and we're going to have to use technology in this time, but people are dying for real relationship. People are dying for connection. So open your eyes to those around you that you may be able to send a message to or send a a text to. Um, Maybe uh, something encouraging that you you could pop through someone's letterbox or send an email or give someone a FaceTime would change their life and invite people into hope for the first time. You may want to go for a one-on-one walk with people. You may know someone who lives alone. Reach out to them, love them, and serve them in this time. We've also created a tool to help. It'll be on the screen, but we're calling it Postcards of Hope. Postcards of Hope. We wanted to create a personal touch for you to engage with neighbors that you may not be able to speak to face to face. And so we've created these Postcards of Hope. It says on the front, don't forget, there's always hope. And you can write a special message on this from yourself, from your family, and post it through your neighbor's letterbox. You can send it as far and wide as it can go. This, I think, is such a powerful tool. We're going to be getting these out there to our church and putting them online so you can engage with them. That is the fourth thing. Talk about these postcards of hope. Get the word out there and start distributing to those around you. So that is hands, that is face, and now I want to talk about space. In space, I I really want to... Talk about inviting people into a space of encounter with Jesus. Church, we are a people of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit in this time is longing to encounter hurting hearts in our city. In this season, I believe that God wants to awaken us to to the ability to create supernatural environments wherever we go. We have to remember that Christ is in us. We carry the presence of Jesus. And therefore, where we go or where we interact, even online, there is power there. People can encounter God. We need to invite people to a space of encounter. People need Jesus. Ultimately, they need Jesus. They need him. They need to see him. They need to be rescued by him. They need to hear about him. And so in this time, let's look for opportunities to create space for people to meet him. This might look like just offering to pray for someone, even over Zoom or via text. It might look like just name dropping Jesus into conversation. That will change the atmosphere of the discussion. Let me say that more people are hungry for God than ever before. 
And so we need to be awake to what the Holy Spirit is doing and saying. And I believe if we are awake to that, we will see a mighty move of God. Are we awake to what the Holy Spirit is doing? Richard Foster in his book, Celebration of Discipline, writes this. He says, In our day, heaven and earth are on tiptoe, waiting for the emergence of a spirit-led, spirit-intoxicated, spirit-empowered people. All of creation watches expectantly for the springing up of a disciplined, freely gathered, martyr people who know in this life the life and the power of the kingdom of God. It has happened before and it can happen again. Isn't that powerful? So please get involved. Here are the things, hands, face, and space. Hands, generosity, engage with our Christmas campaign. Seek to partner with us in all of our compassion ministries. Face, think about what it means to be intentionally present to your world and think about what it means to get involved with the postcards of hope and engage with your neighbors and space. Consider who you may, who you may be able to invite to a space of encounter with the Lord over the next four weeks because people are hungry for it. That's me done. I'm going to now hand over to Joni as she leads in some worship.